Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Hey guys, let me begin this episode tonight by asking you a question. Do you remember the cake on the castle? Only in pictures. Yeah, I did not see it live, but I do recall and uh, vividly wish I had got to experience the cake castle. Same. The, the cake castle was something I definitely saw in person. I have photos of it in one of my albums from a previous trip. Was that, what anniversary was that? Was that 25th? It was 1996. 1996. You were there in your MC Hammer pants. I, I was indeed. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm wearing tonight. <laughs> the uh, Greetings, everyone. This is Stuff We Love Podcast. I know there may have been an awkward intro in this week, exactly as I planned, but I'll keep it in the show. Uh, I am Scott. I am joined again and honored to be joined by Paul and Dean from the Butter and Bacon, the Good Stuff of Disney podcast. Gentlemen, welcome back to Stuff We Love. How are you tonight? Aloha. Doing well. Yeah, nothing derails an opening like a mention of MC Hammer's pants. No. Correct. What MC Hammer song do you like more? You Can't Touch Us or Too Legit to Quit? Put him on the glass. Ha- have you seen her? Oh, have you seen her? Was that based on the, the MC- Twilight song? Have you seen her? The MC Hammer ballad. How, you know, is that the same? I don't even know that song. Is that the same song as the Chai Lights? Have you seen her? Have I, you I seen her? Yeah. Maybe. Wow. So let's see. We're, we're 30 seconds into the show. We got the <laughs> castle cake. We got 1996 <laughs> MC Hammer's pants, the Chai Lights, and a vocal performance. <laughs> It's going this to be is a great why you night. listen to the show, folks. This is what you love. This is the good stuff. This you is love. the stuff we love. <laughs> this is this is. Now the, the the castle cake was uh, maybe not the most egregious thing they did to the castle. What well, would be the most egregious? I, I, that might be the stitched toilet papering. Uh, yeah, stitched toilet paper <laughs> and tagging, tagging of the castle. People forget yeah. spray paint, spray paint the castle. Yes. You know what would be a great photo if somebody said to you, "I've never been to Disney World. Can you show me a picture?" <laughs> <laughs> you should show them a picture of the cake with a crane attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah the... That's along the that's along the lines of you know. It, can you show me a picture of the uh, um, contemporary resort? You show them the, them sliding the rooms in. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> does the um, does the Walt Disney World crane have its own Twitter handle? It should. It does. WDW crane. It does. Yeah, I, th- I thought it did. It's it back. Active? Just got installed it's, today. It's there more than we are. So it's. Uh... <laughs> and it got installed today because they are now beginning to put into place the, the actual stuff that's going to be happening for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And that is the focus of this episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. When Disney announced last week the things that were going to be taking place for WDW's 50th anniversary, this clearly caused the need for a an important podcast we had to talk about this and uh, we're going to just go through the things over the course of this episode tonight and share our thoughts with you about all of these 50th anniversary developments let me begin by asking you guys this question if you had to make a prediction right now and we're recording this in late february 2021 in october of this year what percentage capacity will disney be operating at and I, I, on October 1st, I say is because that's the actual 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Dean, let's start with you. What is your guess right now? 100%. Okay. 
I think they are going to use the vaccine rollout. The by that time, the those who would like a vaccine will be eligible for a vaccine, and I think they may still have some you know, high end. Uh, approach to cleaning and and high touch, I shouldn't say high end, high touch approach to cleaning and maybe some other protocols in place. But I think that they will try to get to business as usual by 10-1. I think that'll include potentially parades and fireworks shows as well. And I think they'll be at 100%. I'm not saying they should be at 100%. Sure. You asked me what I think they're going to do. Right, of course. Paul? Uh, I'm going to be a little more conservative. I think they're going to be at about 75% of their capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, Florida will say you can open up and do whatever you want, but I think that they will have fireworks. I don't think they'll have parades. Um, and the reason being that I think they're still going to try and keep as much social distancing as possible. Um, even with the vaccination rollout, they still want people to be as distance. Um, and I think we're seeing even now with 35% capacity with the queues, with people as spaced as they are, the pathways are even more crowded because people are like refusing to get in line because they see it's, oh, the line's all the way out the door. Well, that's because there's six feet in between each party. So, sure. you know, it, it, there's there's a little bit of that going on. And I think that fireworks is a little bit easier to spread out, um, particularly when you get to things like Harmonious coming online, uh, where you can see it all around the giant lagoon. Um, and 75% of Epcot capacity is like 75,000 people. So um, there's, 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 that's a goodly amount of people um to squeeze into world showcase because future world is still a uh construction zone and right. will be for the foreseeable future definitely by october so, so i'm now going to take a little bit of a cop-out answer i'll just take a number in between both of yours i'll say we're going to uh, be one dollar one five percent capacity <laughs> uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how that all uh plays out like with everything else nowadays it's it's very tough to predict and Got to see how the world is as we get closer to October 1st. And it's interesting, guys, because I'm going to begin our discussion about these 50th anniversary announcements by making the general comment that I was underwhelmed by the announcements. I think that, like many Disney fans, I was looking for something to just amaze me and surprise me. And as we talk about these tonight, yes, yeah, some are kind of interesting. There's one thing which I find really intriguing and I'm quite happy about. The other stuff... For a 50th anniversary, I kind of want more. And I wonder if it's just the global situation that's causing them to hold back a little bit right now. I'm going to expand on your global situation. And I'm going to say it's not a function of the global pandemic. It's a function of the loss of revenue over the last now 11 plus months, mm -hmm. particularly at Disneyland. And so, you know, things like I think we all look back very fondly, as much as we mock the uh, the uh, the cake castle uh, i think we celebrate the year of a million dreams mm -hmm. and the amount of revenue that that ate up on the expense side of the ledger with what they gave away and how they gave it away was obviously uh, hopefully for them offset by the increase in attendance and popularity and all that but i i think they just don't have not that they don't have because their stock is out of i think it's at an all-time high now um it is. The company is showing profit but that doesn't mean just because the company shows profit doesn't mean that the theme park budget is showing profit. And so mm -hmm. I think what they may have done or may have wanted to plan for a, a really, you know, 
blowout celebration globally across all parks to celebrate Disney World's 50th, I think had to get scaled back. And I think you're seeing a reflection of that. I'm still a little hopeful that we haven't heard everything that's coming on for, yes. for the 50th, but I agree with you that the initial announcement, while I'm glad to see they're acknowledging it, which 10 years ago would have been a challenge to see if they were even going to acknowledge these anniversaries. There'd um, be a maybe, pin. Yeah, <laughs> maybe didn't blow us away with the initial offerings. Right. And uh, I yeah, should note I, that. I, go ahead, Paul. Go ahead. Well, I mean, just to piggyback on that, I mean, you, you brought up a year of a million dreams. Um, that was very much a marketing um, spearheaded, designed, uh, and I believe paid for celebration. That if you think back to the offerings that they had, um, you know, that you could win. First of all, you had the kind of the lottery aspect of I could win something great. Okay. But let's look at what the majority of those winnings were. It was a ultimate fast pass. The cost of an ultimate fast pass was the cost of printing and cast member hours. It was here's some magical year of a million dreams, Mickey ears. Okay, that's the cost of production for Mickey ears. Again, they produce those things in mass. So we're talking maybe 25 cents per ear. Uh, you know, I mean, per, per pair of ears, actually. And again, cast member time. They had designated Dream Squad. So that cast member time is already paid for. All of those things, with the exception of the cruise, clearly the DVC, all of those things that were um, involved and like the higher ticket, but much lower price or uh, much lower um, in, instance of winning. Um, so for the most part, Year of a Million Dreams was really, really inexpensive and that's what makes me think of this because a lot of those marketing campaigns need to be paid for in advance mm -hmm. which i think is why you saw year of a million dreams continue because once they started to show you know people were showing up um people were going to attractions that they probably hadn't been before because they're like oh wait they're giving away um the ultimate fast pass at tough to be a bug let's go see tough to be a bug where like nobody was there um you know so so they started to see increased attendance and, you know, people were, were really um, loving the merchandise. You could buy some things, some things you had to win. Um, so, it, you know, I think this had much more to do with Disneyland being closed, with international travel being strangled, um, and really the only parks that didn't suffer much damage were the Asian parks um, because they shut down briefly, but then they were reopened again. Right. So, you know, from a parks, right. resorts, and experiences that budget just wasn't there to produce things that you would for a marketing-led celebration. So that's why I think when, when they announced things, now some things were capital expenditures, the new Epcot show, as an example, that had to be started to plan and paid for years ago. So that is not impacted by a 2020 attendance. You know, we're talking about, okay, what got scaled back? What projects couldn't they complete? Because, you know, they probably are not happy that they don't have the Communicores torn down, as an example. Um, not saying that they would have that neighborhood of Future World done um, for October, but I'm pretty sure they did not want to be this far behind in their um, demolition schedule. Do you think the fact that the 50th anniversary celebration is going to last for 18 months, I wonder if they let, let it go that long as of now to give them the flexibility to introduce things later down the line. 
I think there's a little bit of that. I also think it gives them a little bit of leeway of getting them, like we were saying, you know, maybe by October back to 100%, but not everybody is going to be necessarily traveling. But when you start to see your friends and family going, you know, not, not, not us, not the people that are listening to this podcast, not the people on Disney Twitter, because, you know, we'll be going back anyway, but it's, it's your, it's your regular person that would go maybe once every 10 years or hasn't gone yet, but they have friends that go, that's going to take a couple months to kind of get up to speed. And if they see that it's working, I think they might extend it. Mm-hmm. So Twitter that 18 is currently... months might easily become. Hmm? Go ahead. Go ahead. I no, I, I actually was interested in what you were going to say with this Twitter is currently. Oh, that they're currently <laughs> preparing their 50th anniversary tweets. <laughs> they're, they're saving them yes. as drafts. Whoever's going to yes. unleash the best tweet on the October 1st. Well, right now they're planning the Disneyland, uh, Disney's California Adventure food and wine yeah. escapade, which um, uh, not, not to shift topics or you can edit this in whenever you want. But um, I saw a cost breakdown that if you take parking and um, and uh, one other thing out of it, it's a $45 event. Yeah. Which to me sounds like a great deal for a tasting tour. Sure. Like I've paid more than that as a cover for like a local winery. Definitely for a wine type event. And at Disney World, the cost of those food experiences are way more than $45, yeah. let's say. It's not even yeah, yeah, the yeah. same. And, and these are people, you know, that you're talking about California residents have not been to, to Disneyland or Disney's California Adventure in a year. So, and they might have gone twice, three times a week as just part of their daily routine. So you talk about people being hungry sure, <laughs> to return. That's always um, amazed me when I read about those yeah. California residents who are the Disneyland in the past used to be annual pass holders. They no longer have that program, but that would go. I mean, I read about this one guy that went every single day for years and years after work, he would go to the park. That was his thing. Set a record for most times at Disneyland. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if, if that is your local park and I, I, I take that park, not, not, not as in like amusement park or theme park, but like, you know, if you like to go to your local park and walk around the lake, you know, what if that's Epcot? That's what the if dream. that's your lake? Yeah. That's the dream right there. Lake. So lake. You get I'm, some I'm, still, I'm still mentally writing those those 50th anniversary tweets in my head. <laughs> get them ready. My, my favorite that I've come up with so far is when the 24-year-old is going to write, I've waited 50 years for this. <laughs> <laughs> there goes my tweet, Dean. <laughs> Thanks. Where's my Horizons commemorative pin? <laughs> So, guys, let's begin with this. Disney is calling the new looks they're going to be giving the park icons iridescence with capital E, capital A, capital R. That's the word Love that it. they're coining. That's a cool Very word. Funny. I think that's a celebratory type word. It's funny. I'm, I approve as, a, as yep. a fan. It's trademarkable. It is trademarkable. I like it. <laughs> yeah. No complaints with that. And Cinderella Castle over in the Magic Kingdom is going to have golden bunting. And I think it's going to have a big sort of crest that says 50, if I recall correctly. It sounds and looks familiar. And that to me makes sense. It's the the word I've seen used to describe the Cinderella Castle upgrade is classy. That's what everybody is. It's it's classy. And I get that. Um, It certainly looks more aesthetically pleasing than a cake layover 
Uh, <laughs> Banging on the cake again. It's a, it's just you know one of those things. People always talk about the cake. Um, I think Scott's hungry. I'm always hungry, especially now that I'm trying to watch what I eat. This is you know mm. these podcasts are getting challenging when we talk about food. But uh, I my I live now through uh, YouTube vloggers who gorge themselves on <laughs> Disney food. That's how I uh, satisfy my calorie cravings. But um, and then also at night, Cinderella Castle is going to transform into beacons of magic. That's the term that Disney used with new lighting and quote unquote magical touches. Thoughts? Um, I didn't know that Cinderella Castle could teach typing. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's going to be a deep cut for some of your <laughs> listeners. Email us if you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you get that reference email. But uh, it, it's, I'll begin by commenting that this is nice. I mean, I, again, I don't have any sort of, it's not like, oh, this is going to be unbelievable. This is a game changing thing. It's a nice thing. It's going to present for good photo ops take a picture of the castle with the 50th anniversary crest pose in front of the crest. It's cool. I do think as I picture this in my mind with the paint job that uh, was done on the castle earlier, I guess it was last year that when the, when the paint colors yeah. are updated, mm -hmm. I think it'll look nice, but it's not a shocking thing or groundbreaking thing. That's my take on the Cinderella castle. Yeah, in I think it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. It's classy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the way I look at it, they they could have you know if if they weren't at fifty, you might have you wouldn't have gotten this level of upgrade in detail. You might have gotten a banner, happy fortieth, happy thirtieth. Right. You might have gotten a, a sign to take a photo with, or, you know, a little photo up selfie wall type thing. So I, mean, I like I think it'd be on the train station. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't think they would have had the expense to do it on the castle. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, they would have just hung hung some banners over the bunting over the train station, maybe some hanging, you know, almost like Halloween type de decorations uh, when you enter and exit the Magic Kingdom and that have been it. Yeah, so when you think about relative to those kind of options, it's pretty good. And you know what it is, guys, with a lot of the stuff we're talking about tonight, it's almost for us as the fans that have been to Disney so many times over the years that when we go back and we look at our photos from previous trips, these things serve as markers in time. Even now, when mm -hmm. I go back and I look at photos from previous trips, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was there for that event or I was there on this celebration. This is going to sort of fit within that. And uh, the 60th anniversary, you look and say, oh, yeah, I was there for the 50th and that type of thing. These are the photo opportunities in some respects more than anything else. The funny thing is we're talking about the seven months before it's going to take place. And if they were at normal capacity, normal travel, you know, Magic Kingdom's going to see 20 million people between October of 2021 and, and September of 2022. How many of those 20 million would walk in and go, oh, it's the 50th? Right. And had no idea going in. Tremendous At number. least half. It's more than half. At least half. Yeah. So it'll be kind of cool. And, and that's where we have to kind of keep in perspective a little bit is we're the Uber fans. We want, you know, we want hidden nods to the 50 years of Disney parks. And yeah. really, well, all I mean, they want to do is acknowledge that they're 50 and the majority of people are going to walk in and go, oh, that's cool. Right. And and it's and it, there's a fine line because at the same time, you don't want to say, oh, they're 50. They're old. Like, you know, there there is a there's a there's a tightrope to walk when you when you're talking about a theme park that it has. It can't appear dated. It can't be 
uh, oh man, I don't, I don't want to go there. I mean, it's half a century old. I mean, look at this, you know, you can't have that. At the same time, I think there, and the reason that I jokingly said, you know, half the people will be, oh, it's 50 is because they won't make it abundantly clear in everything that you get as part of your vacation package that it's the 50th and come and spend the time and, you know, celebrate with us. And, you know, what are your milestones and all of that stuff? Sure. That's all going to go into it. Um, they have to show up and, you know, just like are surprised. Um, I think that's cool. You know, it, 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 people tend to bag on the year shirts, you know, it's like, it, it's got 2021 in the shirt. I personally get a pin every single time that we go that has the year. And I put them on my camera bag, um, for my DSLR because, and I have a Walt Disney world 35 and a Disneyland 50, which I found funny, um, that they were celebrating disneyland's 50 at walt disney world <laughs> and i have a 100 years of magic which i think was the next year mm -hmm. um so it was just you know a whole bunch of those things and you know like hopefully uh you know knock on wood i'll be able to pick up a wdw 50 and then i have to figure out the reconfigurations on my camera bag because it's going to mess <laughs> up all the symmetry I, I drank coffee out of my ebcot 35 this morning there you go I drank coffee out of a mug that said, this is my Disney vacation planning mug. So I think that's a sign that <laughs> I got to start planning for, uh, for the 50th anniversary here. Now, guys, the next announcement I'm going to preface by saying is my personal favorite announcement that came out of these things. This is going to be a permanent change, which is really exciting. And this deals with what's happening over at Epcot on Spaceship Earth. Now, we obviously have this entrance fountain, which is going to be a big deal, Look, make the whole entrance to the park look visually different but they are incorporating on Spaceship Earth lights, a light design that's going to be in place, as I mentioned, as a permanent change. And the reason this excites me the most is because first off, one of my favorite sites in all of Walt Disney World is Spaceship Earth at night. No matter how many times I go and I see that ball lit up at night with those majestic colors, jaw dropping, that has never changed. And I could easily see based on the uh, artwork that Disney released, this is going to be spectacular, these lights. And uh, the fact that it's permanent and it's just like an add-on to one of my favorite things at Disney gets me real excited for this. What is your take on the Epcot announcement? Prefer a huge wand on the side of the ball. <laughs> yes. Was that 2000, uh, by the way? What was that? That was 2000, that, yes. <laughs> that was 2000, and then they changed it to Epcot, and it was still there in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have pictures of it saying 2000. I have pictures of it saying Epcot and I have pictures of it gone. Yes. Uh, which I, is nice. I think Scott, you know, you know, you're walking out of Epcot at the end of a nice long night and a couple of uh, cocktails around world showcase and you've seen illuminations and then there's all the nice sparkly lights in the pavement on the ground. Sure. I just feel like this is going to be a really cool extension of that up through Spaceship Earth. I, yes. I think it's going to fit perfectly and we're going to look at it and, and we're going to love it and we're going to wonder, geez, why didn't they do this, you know, 39 years ago? Yes. <laughs> so I, I'm with sense. you. I think this is going to be pretty cool. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Paul, go ahead. I got it. I got excited when I saw the concept art. And again, concept art is concept art. But, you know, uh, also seeing a behind the scenes of the walkway that is between the actual outer shell of Spaceship Earth, those are Luca Bond triangles that we love, and the actual outside of the building, which is three feet inside. 
And now it made sense how they were able to turn that into the Death Star for that Star Wars promotion and shoot a green laser out of it. Right. Um, there is so much ability to work on that. And what's even neat, they could be working on it right now and no one would ever know because, you know, it's not like they need to wall it off. They don't have to have cranes there. Um, that this is one of those things that, again, it's been planned. It, they just have to execute it. They may have been executing it for months. We don't know. They only just announced it. But I mean, if, if you think of the things that are coming from a lighting perspective with Magic and with Tron, um, I've always been amazed that they can light up the entire spaceship Earth anyway. Like when yes. I was a kid, I was like, how they light? How, you can't see the beams. Where are these lights coming from? Sure. That you can see the whole thing. You, you know, like it, it, that always amazed me. And the fact that now it's going to be kind of illuminated from within um, the fact that they were able to retrofit the tree of life as wonderful as that is. And I know we're going to get to that in a minute, Sure. but I'm really excited for what this is. I mean, this really will set the tone for going into the new Epcot center for the 21st century. I didn't think about it that way, Paul, but you're absolutely right. This, this lighting update at spaceship earth ties directly into all these other improvements that are being made to the park. And what all of these announcements do particularly the Spaceship Earth and the other two I'm going to get to in a moment, they reinforce the need to make sure you go to the parks at night. I, the, look, tons of people already do, but I think a lot of people, especially those going with kids, they may cut their day off late afternoon. They may not stay late in the evening. You got to be in the parks at night to see this. Um, and that that's worth it. I actually prefer the parks at night. We probably should do a show parks for, during the day or parks versus night. That's a good topic. Let me trademark that. Hold on one second, guys. But um, ah. the uh, that's going to be something that I think all visitors to the uh, to Walt Disney World for the 50th anniversary are going to have to do. Make sure they are there in the evening. And uh, let me just go quickly because they're very similar. Paul, you mentioned a second ago uh, the Animal Kingdom update, which is going to be new lighting over at the Tree of Life. And then at Hollywood Studios, there's going to be a nightly makeover with new lighting over at the Tower of Terror. So it seems like at all of the parks, some of the major celebratory things being done for the 50th anniversary are going to be taking place at night in addition to the new bunting and crest, the classy crest, whatever that is, over at Cinderella Castle. So I think that's where we stand on that stuff. And that's that's cool. I'm with it. Yeah, I'll just I'll just comment and say, castle walk-in center of the park i grab epcot spaceship earth walk-in sort of center of the park i grab tree of life same thing why are we doing this in tower of terror now i gotta go in the park it's big take a hard right go all the way down i mean it's big enough you probably see it from other areas but i don't know i, I feel like they could have done something uh you know more central in the park it could be because Mickey's Runaway Railway still has so much lighting as it is that that's yeah maybe you're right because that's, that's what I was thinking yeah you put put it on the Chinese theater um you're kind of like what you know, if you think about what they do with Jingle Bell Jingle Bam it's it's not you know it's, well, it's it it takes place back there but they actually do some stuff on uh, Tower of Terror in the pre-show so right well I, that's what made me think that the Tower of Terror might be why they did that if they are going to be returning Phantasmic to a show schedule that if they do a performance of the Tower of Terror, 
in conjunction with or in addition to. So maybe it's before, you know, and, and let's talk, you know, it's, it's, it's October 14th. So, you know, it's two weeks into this thing. Summer hours are over. So they're not, they're not going to be doing the two shows a night. Again, this is assuming everything is open. Usually Fantasmic does not have two shows in October. Um, they've at that point scaled back to one. Um, you have the, uh, you're also competing with Mickey. Mickey's very, um, huh. Mickey, Mickey's not so scary Halloween party that's going on at the Magic Kingdom. So they can't do too much to the castle and interfere with all of the stuff that goes on for hollow wishes. Um, again, this is assuming everything is like quote unquote back to normal for October, but the tower of terror, like you mentioned with jingle bell, jingle bam. I mean, that's a projection. So that's not messing physically with anything going on. It's right. not even changing the lights that light it up normally because these are separate projector lights. So, you know, maybe that's why, but I mean, again, here we're seven months in advance. So it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, it's a lot bit speculative at this point. <laughs> and I have on my screen in front of me, some notes from the official release and they describe the tower of terror lights as evoking the golden age of imagination and adventure. Who Sounds knows like what that means? Jones. I will also add at Animal Kingdom, these notes indicate that there will be magical fireflies that will gather to usher in the magic of nature. Drones? <laughs> Drones, otherwise known as the, the Disney fireflies. Drones. I mean, they... I mean, they, maybe that's a new drone show um, for Dean's favorite Rivers of Light, um, R.A.P. It's a sad day when that went away. Rivers of Light, I never saw. By the way, let me ask you this question, guys, as we, because there's, we only have a little more to talk about when it comes to the 50th anniversary. That's how limited the announcements are at this point. <laughs> we talk yes. about, Dean, Dean, you mentioned the eye grabbing stuff that where, you know, you walk into the park, you see Cinderella Castle, Space Report, and so forth. What is, your favorite Walt Disney World park to walk into? Paul? He asked you specifically. Did I? <laughs> I thought he was asking. I, I have my answer. I think I've uh, I've given it a few times. but uh, And now I, I actually have a different answer for nighttime and daytime. I, I oh, will good. say my, my favorite one to walk into is the one with the shortest line. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> for, for me, it's Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a traditionalist in that route. It's It's... The reveal, the way that whole thing is built, the, the way that you're forced in, under, and then around before you get to the castle is the perfect lead-in, build-up, and, and payoff. That is the classic baseball answer right there. <laughs> That's, you know, the vintage, timeless answer. Yeah, That's why it's not my answer. Um, <laughs> during, during the day, my favorite park to walk into would be Epcot. Mm -hmm. um, because nowhere else can you walk under the signature, the signature attraction. I mean, the train is great, but walking under main street train station is not the same as walking under this giant geodesic sphere mm -hmm. at night. It's Hollywood studios, particularly because that music starts to wash over you as you walk towards, whether it's from the bus stop or the parking lot. I know we've spoken about this before. And, you know, you start to get that that 1920s, 1930s vibe. 
and and you know you go through the tap styles and neon is everywhere and the chinese theaters in the background and if the searchlights are going i mean you feel like you're in hollywood yes and it's just that that to me at night you know the up lights on the palm trees um it, it it that is just a unique theme park experience for me at night i mean i love animal kingdom but you're walking through the jungle um, and then you kind of go around and then you see the tree of life and it's all lit up normally. And then you can look to the right and it's Everest. But I mean, I like, I like animal kingdom for different reasons than walking in. Animal um, kingdom has like the best park it, opening now though. Uh, well, are they back to the awakening? Assuming they are, I, I don't know the answer to that, but yeah, I, I, I had read that also. I play that. I play that at my pool in the backyard. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. What about you, but, Scott? Um, but yeah. Those are great answers. I would say I'm going to go the Paul route and separate day and night. Day, it's Magic Kingdom. Dean, I agree with everything you said. That feeling of walking in, you're in the town square, you know what's about to come, and then you turn down Main Street USA, and then in front of you is Cinderella Castle. And that begins your journey in the Magic Kingdom. I, I find that always exciting. But, Paul, I agree with you when it comes to night. I love walking into Hollywood Studios. The way you describe it is perfect. That music sets the tone. I love the neon and I particularly like arriving at dusk. That's my favorite time to arrive mm. before the mm -hmm. sky is the nighttime sky. The evening is setting and it just is. It's a yeah, great you have to. Sometimes you get those hours where they close at like eight or nine o'clock. So you... that's right. Well, that's yeah. I mean, and it's funny, depending on when you go, um, you know, I've been posting a lot of pictures and you know, we had a lot, particularly when um, my daughter was younger, where we would go in October because we love Halloween time. Sure. Um, but, you know, the, the park hours would be. You know, last show of Fantasmic is eight or eight thirty, and the park would close at nine or nine thirty. Um, no fireworks at that point. Um, you know, Magic Kingdom would be open late until ten thirty, eleven, maybe. Um, I think Epcot Future World closed at nine. Uh, you know, and this is going back a few years. So, and of course, your mileage may vary now, um, but it would be those different closing times. I mean, we had mentioned trying to get to the park at night. You go in the summer, that might be tough because right. it's light until 930. Sure. So, you know, the park's open till 11, maybe midnight. You only got an hour and a half of it. Um, I agree. Going in at dusk, particularly in those summer months. And I know, Dean, you've been in July many times after a hard rain shower. So the ground is still wet and you get the lights and the reflection of the light off the ground in Hollywood studios and it's dusk. So the clouds, I mean, it's just, yeah, that, that is, that is Florida magic and Hollywood magic altogether. Temperatures have dropped to 88 degrees with 90% humidity. Yeah. That's, it's glorious. Yes. <laughs> if you're lucky, if you're, if it's in the eighties. And I'll tell you something guys and Disney fans will really relate to this. When you're fortunate enough to go to the parks many times over the years, it it's not just about the attractions when it comes to Hollywood studios in the evening, for example, I have wonderful memories of arriving at dusk, knowing I have a dinner reservation at sci-fi or primetime, someplace fun, not necessarily the best food, but just fun and unique. And then you finish your meal and you just walk it off by walking around the park and you see the lights of the Hollywood Tower Hotel, Grauman's Chinese Theater, and you just walk off your meal, you get some dessert, you get some ice cream, and it just is such a perfect evening with the music playing. I just... Yeah, I've, I've often described my Disney World moments as indescribable. And that's the truth. I, I can't adequately describe the feeling that the place gives me. 
I know you guys can relate to it. And those Hollywood studios nights are what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's well-documented that, you know, riding certain attractions are different at night. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad absolutely is much better at night, much better. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the first time I ever wrote it was at night first and then we wrote it during the day and then that's where he's, Oh, there's a dinosaur, dinosaur skeleton. We went through. (laughs) Um, and I haven't been to, um, galaxy's edge, um, seen many photos of that at night. Um, one of my favorite things to do, and this is going back a ways, but was, it's a very different experience to see the Indiana Jones epic stunt spectacular at night that last showing wouldn't necessarily be nighttime, but the fireworks that they let off when spoiler, the plane blows up, um, the flame. Wow. Effect, he just dropped just, it right they just, there. I know, but it just hits different. Like when you're, when you're in the cave and they drop the lights and you know, it's really dark. So, you know, that, that, that just is, it's really a neat experience. Um, seeing that in like the last showing of the like tower of terror at night. Yes. Which is it's weird in a way because like when you go during the day and the, and the doors open and you look out, you can see everything. You're, you're so high up, you know, it's usually clear. But at night when you get to look out and just see all the lights, it's just fascinating. Right. You also don't get blinded because those those doors open up and it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Less squinting. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, are you ready for the final announcement? I don't think I'm missing anything here, but this is, I think, the last 50th anniversary no, not, announcement. unfortunately. <laughs> Blue cupcakes? Is it blue cupcakes? Oh, there will be cupcakes. That that's one thing that is coming. I guarantee you that. But uh, Mickey and Minnie will be dressed yeah. in quote sparkling new looks, custom made for this special occasion. These celebratory designs include beautifully embroidered impressions of Cinderella Castle backed by fireworks, as well as a brocade and multi-toned iridescent fabric, all punctuated with pops of gold. Now listen. I don't want to hear any hate from my fans for this. Not that I have any fans. I should say fans of the podcast. I don't think I have any fans. You have fans. You you. have fans. We're we're both here, Scott. (laughs) Yeah, it's good to be with you tonight. Thanks for paying those membership dues. This is the stuff we love. (laughs) (laughs) So I hear an announcement like this. It does not resonate with me at all. It's almost like I – it's cool. It's great. Again, it's a photo opportunity. It's a marker of, okay, I was there for this particular occasion, but I'm not going to go nuts for a new outfit on Mickey and Minnie. And I love me to Mickey and Minnie. It's always fun. It's not anything against that. It's just kind of like, all right, for the 50th anniversary, they're going to be wearing new clothes. That's it. Am I, am I wrong? Am I being too harsh? I, I think there are fans who are avid character photography fans. And so the opportunity to have a, a unique photo opportunity with a new outfit, I think is exciting for some people. Now I feel yeah, like we, a real. <laughs> I, I'm not one of them, Scott. I, I'm yeah. with you. I, I would take yeah. a picture of this from afar if I'm allowed to. Yeah. If it's not like, you know, hidden in some room for a meet and greet, uh, I probably am not going to wait in a lengthy line just to take a picture of them with a new outfit. And uh, Dean, let me just uh, real quick build off of something you just said. This is a personal thing. It's a personal call. What excites you and what doesn't? For me, this just doesn't excite me. And uh, I totally get that there are those fans out there that are into the characters, that love photographing the characters. And I could see why this would carry more significance to them. For me, it just doesn't doesn't do anything. But uh, Paul, yeah, I mean, to me, this is uh, you know we've we've talked about uh, you know Mickey and his tuxedo, 
classic look kind of invented maybe in the 80s or reinvented in the 80s to kind of be the Mickey for special occasions. Uh, This to me is something that they'll do in that forecourt castle show kind of thing. There will be a Mickey and Minnie. I'm imagining there's going to be several showings of it a day. And this will be what you meet in the Mickey and Minnie meet and greet when those reopen. But, you know, is it something I'm going to go out of my way to see? No, probably not. Um, we would do, we, we tended to do character meet and greets during meals so that we wouldn't have to wait in a queue. Uh, Princess Fairytale Hall being an exception, just because that's a neat experience by itself. Um, but yeah, that's, it, it, it's, it's nice. It's not for me, but then again, it's not for me and that's okay. You, you know what I would yeah, love to see? I would mm-hmm. love to see them do, like maybe right in the uh, in main the town hall, uh, like do do like the Disney decades and have meet and greets with characters from the seventies, characters from the eighties, the nineties, two thousands, and today. Uh, that that would get me a little more excited than just you know the Mickey and Minnie in a new costume. And it's so interesting, if they guys, bring out the original characters like from the the fifties, that's really creepy looking. Well, they can't be from the fifties if, if we're sticking strictly. No, I know we're talking about this yeah. world, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking more like characters of the movies of those decades, but yeah, hey, you know, I, if you want to change Donald's outfit five times throughout the day, it, it might have some explaining to do for certain people, but um, <laughs> it's a, it's a way to do it. And guys, you know, in your commentary about this Mickey and Minnie outfit thing, you mentioned something which I really didn't think about, which is the idea of meet and greets. I'm thinking of the current way things are at Walt Disney Situation. World, where, yeah. where there's no meet and greets. If there were meet and greets, I, I admit that I do kind of like getting neat photos, uh, especially PhotoPass. They do a tremendous job with this stuff. I like meat photos too, but that's mostly at Boma. Nice. <laughs> yes. Could have gone Ohana's on that. <laughs> Well, could have said Ohana. I have not been to Ohana. Oh, so you get I the meat sweats had, there. I know. Well, yeah, the meat skewers. I mean, I could say Yachtsman. I could say Blue Zoo. I could say Shula's. Oh. There are many, many places. You're just taunting Scott now. Hey, guys, let me I do am, it. because yeah, those ahead. things are mentioned in the <laughs> Butter and Bacon <laughs> show to come. Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of food, did you guys see footage from the new Boathouse Sunday morning brunch? No. I have not. They have huh? dueling pianos. Actually, it didn't even seem to be dueling pianos. There were two piano players, but they weren't really dueling. They were just taking requests from the audience. But they were ping-ponging. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But this, you got to go see this. I mean, it's they got steak and eggs. They got bagel and lox. They got um, mm. waffles. That like, like Classic breakfast foods, potatoes, sausages, all that stuff. It looked so good. And you're from the Butter and Bacon podcast some of the crispest looking bacon, I, bacon I've ever seen. And what made me think of this, when you mentioned the yachtsman, I thought of the rolls at the yachtsman. And then I thought of the rolls at the boathouse. And on this Sunday yeah. morning brunch video I watched, they turned the rolls at the boathouse into cinnamon rolls. Oh, okay. That's, Fact. that's a win. That's a win. And then I thought of Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> I thought of this crest. And I thought of classy. <laughs> now, what if they go through Chef Mickey's? in their new outfits totally breaking character because he's yeah you can't do that they're they're gonna be chefs maybe Hmm. i I don't have any reaction to chef mickey's (laughs) no yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) um 
Can we get like Epcot late 80s, early 90s, Mickey? Like that, I like that that. that. that crazy outfit you used to wear? Guys, oh, I should also inform you, by the way, this is a big announcement. Disney did not announce this, but for the 50th anniversary at my Leave a Legacy tile, there will be a unique photo opportunity for those that purchase a fast pass option. You know, they're, they're actually Mine offering well. a, two for one, a three for one. So you can, you can take it with all three of us. That's right. I have left a legacy. Yeah, mine, I have left a legacy and uh, a, a wonderful follower of mine actually found where my tile is and took a picture of it. I am happy. I'm in the orange section. Oh, that is. and it's up high. It's up high. Okay. <laughs> Yes. So Dean will have to see it. I'm too short. <laughs> that reminds me, I should text one of my Orlando friends and see if they could go take a picture of it for me. It's very easy to find. There's a certain website um, yeah. where, you know, particularly if you, it, and if you know your last name, you, then it can be found. That helps. Yeah. Yep. I know people. Cause I was those... concerned. I was like, yeah. I, I was concerned because I, I still have like my location card from where it was in the entry plaza. I know people kind of make fun of those leave a legacy tiles and I get it, but I have to tell you as someone that had a tile and still has a tile, when those are located in front of spaceship earth, I loved walking into the park and seeing my tile. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely. awesome. I've got pictures. We all have pictures of us pointing to ourselves. Yes. At a theme park where we, where, where we are memorialized are falling in the battle of epcot well and let's be honest i guarantee that you guys like me were wildly jealous of all the people who have their names around magic kingdom and, and there's their bricks yes so this yes. was yeah, our version of getting one of those cost. yeah so i looked up on just that cost i was like yeah nope well guys those are the 50th anniversary announcements and i hope there will be more to come because i want to Honestly, I have more podcast content. I, I, you know, I, I want more exciting stuff to talk about. But this is cool, and you know, I, not to get all uh, emotional on this stuff, but one of the lessons of this past year is to just cherish life and enjoy things. And as we approach the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, we we always got to remember just how fortunate we are to have this place. You know, it's like uh, I'm a big Beatles fan, so a Beatles fan, and one of the things that Beatles fans often say is, you know, the world is how many billions of years old. And you could say that you were on the earth around the same time as the Beatles. And it's kind of like Walt Disney World. I mean, we're very fortunate to have this place that we all love. And it doesn't matter what they do for their 50th anniversary. They still have roles at the boathouse. And that's good enough for me. <laughs> you know, so, um, any reaction to that emotional statement? <laughs> or we just want to... <laughs> I'll just say, Scott, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And now I feel okay, like I want, a, musical. I want to roll a float out uh, in <laughs> Hollywood studios and maybe do a dance number every 20 minutes. <laughs> High school musical. The musical of the series is a great show on Disney plus. Do you know the song driver's license by Olivia Rodrigo? I do. No. Is there a way you can't know it these days? Well, Paul, yes. that's proven that. Apparently, I'm, I'm surprised. It's, yes, it I listen to my own Spotify and Sirius XM. So I am very and hey, insulated. Hey, Paul, what's your favorite Sirius XM station? I ask a lot of guests this. I'm very fascinated by what people listen to. Uh, I my my three go tos are NFL Radio. Okay. It is um, No Shoes Nation, so it's the Kenny Chesney. Uh, yeah. Radio station. Um, and the other one, oddly, is Hits One. It's one. How could you not know driver's license then? Driver's license. Yeah, it's a place constantly there. I just happened to not catch it. 
Yeah, no, I get it. That's, every time, every time it hits one oddly, it's Harry Styles. Harry Styles, yeah. I feel, I feel think, left out now that you haven't asked me this question, Scott. I've, I've been on the show a couple of times. So I didn't know this was a thing. Well, it, yeah, it normally comes up in music episodes, but since, oh, okay, uh, well, I haven't done a music episode. Yeah, it's fair. Sure, we should do one actually. Yeah, we talk. We we talk so much about Disney. We should do a non-Disney stuff. We love actually. <laughs> we could also um, do a Disney music show. Yeah, that would be good. Um, Disney music trivia. Hmm. We've done that. We've done that. <laughs> Dean, what are your favorite three favorite Sirius XM stations? Hey, great, great question, Scott. I didn't know you're going to ask me that. I, I, I would have <laughs> thought about it somewhere. Uh, I, I would say, wow. uh, let's see if you know them by number. I, I listen a lot to Channel 87. 87 is a sports station. It is at, a sports station. Uh, not NFL radio. Nope. I'm going to guess that it's. It's not Mad Dog. That's eighty two. <laughs> it's the Fantasy Sports Channel. Fantasy Sports, of course. Yes. So okay, what's the other lot. number? Uh, number twelve. Number twelve is Pitbull's thirteen. Pitbull's what is thirteen? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at this. Uh, it, it is Pop Pop Rocks. Pop Rocks. Yeah, great station. And Pop Rocks. That's that's a good one. Yeah. And and with a nod to Channel Nine and Channel Ten, I will say my number three is actually Channel Twenty Two. 21 is Underground Garage. 22 is Deep Tracks? Nope. No. 20 is E Street Radio. <laughs> 20. You're good at this. 24 Except for the Mark ones Radio. I listen to. <laughs> I'm good at not getting these answers. I'm good at, like, you know. Yeah, you're very good at being adjacent. <laughs> uh, per- Pearl Jam. Oh, Pearl Jam Radio. Sure. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Those are great. I love Sirius XM. Do you, do you guys find yourself listening more to Sirius XM or one of the streaming music services like Apple Music or Spotify? What is your, what do you find yourself listening more to? Only if I'm in my car, am I listening to Sirius XM? Mm. Otherwise I'm listening to my own stuff or Spotify. I almost never use Spotify or Apple. So I will do Sirius XM. I will try to stream the XM channels through my Alexa. Yes. Um, or I listen to Stitcher and catch up on Stuff We Love podcast. Yes, I should mention that I only listen to music when I'm not listening to Butter and Bacon. <laughs> that's, that's the only time <laughs> well, you know what? In the last year, you've had a lot of time to listen to music. <laughs> I listen to repeats. It's like, you know, Nick at night. You go back to the old reruns. There you go. <laughs> for good times. <laughs> so we are the full house of, uh, of podcasts. <laughs> full, full House is a great show. Full House is my second favorite show of all time. So uh, w- w- uh, out of Paul and me, which one of us is Uncle Joey and which one's Uncle Jesse? You're both Uncle Jesse, and I love Uncle Joey. That's not an insult against Uncle Joey, but you're both Uncle Jesse. I think we both would have preferred to be Uncle Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, cut it out. (laughs) I mean, uh, Uncle Jesse did end up without Becky, so I kind of feel like I have to fill that role. (laughs) Speaking of Uncle Jesse. Yeah, yeah, nice. Disney (laughs) announced. It's true. Um, Disney announced today. The John Stamos show on Disney Plus, which looks like a lot of fun, comes out, I think, April 12th, something like that. Yes. A lot of also announcements. Also announced today yes. on Disney Plus, the Loki show, June 11th. That one I'm looking forward to. Cannot wait for that show. Falcon and the Winter Soldier next month. Is there a better show to have premiere in June than a fun Marvel show kicking off the summer? I don't think so. No. The no. special agent Oso reboot, but I don't think that's coming. So uh, we'll stick with Marvel. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Sure. 
by the way, the last thing I'll mention before we get to the stuff we love segment, speaking of Disney plus, there is some really cool vintage Disneyland special that I saw on there the other day. I added it to my list. It's, I think it may have been, uh, it He's aired there. on TV before the park opened. There's some really cool things. So if you're into- Is it in the Nat Geo section? No, not Nat Geo. It's in the, I think if you go to search Disney by the decades and you go to 1950s is where I saw it. Okay. Because we I have- was actually- Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, just this weekend, I was talking with my father-in-law because um, he's taking a trip down uh, to Florida with some friends of his. And, uh, you know, we were, we were on the discussion of books because he likes to read, you know, while, while they go on vacation, just hang out. They, they, you know, same. Um, so I mentioned, you know, talking about the Neil Gabler Walt Disney biography. Uh, right. So he'll probably take that the next time that he goes. But, you know, we started talking about how the Disneyland TV show came to be. Um, and how it was almost like he needed it um, to bring in the advertising dollars so we could finish the freaking park um, because the Bank of America $5 million loan was not nearly enough uh, and all of this other stuff. And um, I have the Disneyland TV shows on DVD and those tins. Yes. Walt Disney treasures. Those are um, awesome. You know, and there, there are so many people clamoring for that, you know, that, that kind of vintage parks content to be on Disney Plus. It's probably a matter of time. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't have everything all at once all the time. Otherwise you don't have anything going forward. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the animal kingdom specials that they had on discovery channel. Um, I have a history channel DVD of Walt Disney world, I believe from the 40th anniversary, I'm not sure. Um, and you know, there's all kinds of specials that were done on ABC. There's one that was hosted by John Lithgow that was even before, the um, Sunset Boulevard expansion to wow. the then Disney MGM Studios. I mean, th- there's so much of that, that that's just neat, awesome stuff. So thank you for reminding me yeah. uh, to look every once in a while because they're constantly putting stuff. On they're Disney putting Plus. stuff on. I just love the feel-good nature of those programs. And there's nothing like watching uh, Walt Disney, knowing that that was a nationally broadcast show, talking about Disneyland, because that ultimately paved the way for what we talked about tonight with Walt Disney World. And the last thing, guys, I'll mention about the Disney World 50th anniversary, I pre-ordered a book on Amazon, which looks to be a pretty cool book. It's called Walt Disney World, A Portrait of the First Half Century. It's a Disney Editions Deluxe book, so it's official by Kevin M. Kern. It comes out September 28th of this year. No image, don't know too much about it, but when you read the details, it is a coffee table book. And it's going to be all about the first 50 years of Walt Disney World. So that's something to keep in mind as we head into the latter half of the year in the holiday season. Cool gift for the fellow Disney fans and for your favorite podcast hosts. That'll being released on September 28th. September 28th. Yeah. Just in time for the 50th. Happy birthday to me. Just in time for the new NFL season, which will have started a couple weeks prior. Hopefully. And hopefully another fantasy league. AFC East champion Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, that's right. Dressing and on that up note, guys, Watt. what's that for? <laughs> Dressing up J.J. Watt. <laughs> He'll be a stealer by then. Mm. And with that, guys, we now move into the Stuff We Love segment. This is the part of the podcast where tonight Paul Dean and I will give you a recommendation of something we are enjoying right now. And why don't we go in alphabetical order? Dean, we'll start with you. All right. Well, I have to tell you, Scott, I want to be an avid coffee drinker and i always was an avid coffee drinker and when i say avid i'd say at my peak when i worked in downtown hartford 
it would not be uncommon to go to Starbucks twice a day, each time getting a quad espresso over ice. So I, I drank a lot of coffee. <laughs> and uh, yes. maybe because of that, uh, I am one who was for a while could not drink coffee because the uh, the way it would affect stomach acids and issues like that. And there's some other stuff out there. There's some alternatives to coffee and uh, they're just, they're not that good. And so I was uh, searching through Amazon when I wasn't searching for the Kern book and uh, found some options for low acid coffee. And, mm-hmm. and I know this is probably to a, uh, maybe a bigger part of your audience than you think, because there are a lot of people that, that I think just drink coffee anyway. And um, so I've tried a lot of these low acid coffees. Most of them are, I'll give them less flavor than diner coffee which as two guys from New Jersey, uh, you can probably appreciate that qualification. Um, but I did <laughs> yeah. find one called Cafe Don Pablo. And uh, they have a couple different varieties. Uh, one of them is Colombian Supremo. One of them is like a house blend. And they are actually full flavored coffees, good coffees. Their pH is nearly the same as water. And so I can drink this stuff and and not need an antacid, not need anything. It's just good old fashioned chug it down you know set the coffee pot to 12 cups my wife takes two cups on her way to work and the other 10 cups disappear during the day and i don't think it's my son sneaking coffee so it must be me uh and not a single blip of heartburn so for anybody who has tried to give up coffee because of the heartburn or they just want to have a maybe a little healthier alternative in coffee uh this stuff is is low acid it is high in antioxidants and it is absolutely delicious don pablo don pablo i love that recommendation uh, thank you, Dean. That's great. Paul, how about you? Uh, Don Pablo is my mafia name. <laughs> uh, just wanted to clear that up right now. Uh, one of the things that I'm loving um, is I am getting back into the world of 3D modeling and animation. Um, and I'm, I'm teaching myself to use a program called Blender, which is free. And when I say free, it is free. It is free on all platforms. It is um free it is also open source so it is constantly being redeveloped and um it's it's really got its own neat developer community um you can see some on disney twitter some of the people that have created things um you know people are building recreations of the um uh, living seas uh you know showing the animation of what it was like to go down in the hydrolators as an example and one of the things that I'm going to be doing as I you know, immerse myself back into this design technique is I want to expand on um, kind of an Epcot ideal. And it's, it's merging with something that's called solar punk. So I know a lot of people are familiar with steampunk, which makes every, you know, it's like very complex mechanical things appear like they are steam driven. Um, so it's very Victorian. There's lots of, uh, lots of brass, lots of leather. Um, you know, you think of goggles, you think, you know, people dressing like steampunk. Um, but this is solar punk. So it is very clean, it's very green. So there's a lots of glass. It's lots of um, water and, and greenery. Um, actually, um, it reminds me a lot of some of the sections of the land when you're on the tour that, you know, you have the, the greenhouse itself uh, with the glass. You have the old photovoltaic cells on the top of the old, um, you know, universe of energy um you've got the shiny aluminum of you know like we like we spoke of and uh with spaceship earth and yes so dean is holding up pictures of steampunk right there where um you know it's 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 very much it actually steampunk best description is watch the wild wild west movie with will smith that is steampunk 
Or go uh, to the Edison Disney. at Disney Springs. Yes. Well, that or or go to Toothsome. Toothsome. Um, or Toothsome. At, yes. Yes, that is steampunk. But I'm, so I'm going to be working on solar punk, uh, which which to me is like the 21st century version. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. One of the things that I was getting into. It's funny you mentioned. You know, do we do Spotify? Um, finding um, solar punk soundtracks to listen to mm-hmm. um, as I get up to speed on the software. So more to come on my Twitter feed uh, with uh, in progress pictures. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's that's something that I'm really enjoying getting into. That's great, Paul. Uh, and seeing that poet photo of Dean and steampunk is something I'll never quite forget. <laughs> Uh, so my stuff we love, I was thinking about what to say this week, and I actually wanted to build off of a text that Paul sent Dean and I yesterday, which was the news that Daft Punk, the legendary French duo, had announced their breakup with an eight-minute video, which is really cool, cool video, not cool about the news. I guess I was kind of late to the Daft Punk party uh, when they released Random Access Memories, their famous album, mm-hmm. fantastic album. I loved it, and I then went and explored some of the earlier stuff I wasn't as familiar with. And uh, my stuff we love this week is just listening to Daft Punk. Ever since they announced their breakup, I've been going back and listening to some of their older stuff. Uh, they're just tremendous. I've become a fan of electronic music in recent years, and their stuff is just so creative. It kind of one of the biggest complaints that a lot of people have had about electronic music over the years is that it's just not accessible. It's not necessarily melodic, not hummable. To me, Daft Punk fixed all that their songs are catchy they stay in your head many of them became pop hits even the songs that they uh got a lot of radio play like one more time was one of their biggest hits and recently they Mm -hmm. did uh i feel coming with the weekend i mean these are just classic ear candy type songs so uh go listen to daft punk i think they are i think they already are and are certainly going to continue to be looked at as one of the most influential and important groups in, uh, in music history because they paved the way for the rise of EDM, which is one of the most popular genres of music today. So uh, yep. Daft Punk, great group. And with that- And for the Disney files? Of course. Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy. I, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. That score is something the else. Ralph Breaks the Internet soundtrack too? Yes. It's a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I also joked in text that they actually broke up in 1997. They've been taking turns touring one at a time. <laughs> you know what, guys? Next time we record, we should all wear helmets <laughs> so we're completely non-recognizable. <laughs> go, go to the park wearing a helmet. If anybody says, what are you doing? They say, I'm a podcaster. I can't be seen in public. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Right now, Paul has uh, put on a helmet on his face, which is a sign that the podcast should be wrapped up. <laughs> it's, that. it's getting late in the evening. Um, but guys, before we wrap up, I would like to give you both an opportunity to tell our listeners where they can find you on Twitter and to tell us a little bit about Butter and Bacon and Adventures Out There Travel. So, gentlemen, turn it over to you. Uh, well, I'll, I'll do the podcast and myself, and then I'll turn it over to Dean to do the others. Uh, but uh, I can be found on Twitter at YoPaulENJ, um, and uh, the show is Butter Bacon. And we do a now monthly show. Uh, we just talk about the good stuff at Disney, um, which Butter and Bacon are both very good. So that's yeah, for anyone wondering where we came up with that name. That's where it came from. Uh, but yeah, I am, I am, um, extremely online. So if, uh, if, yeah, if, if you did get my reference earlier, 
to uh, Mavis, then um, congratulations. Let me know. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Dean. Dean. Sure. You're looking for me. I am CT underscore Mickey underscore man. Uh, many Underscore. underscores just to annoy yo Pauly and jay uh if you want to find the travel agency we are at aiot travel you can email me dean at adventure is out there travel.com and we will help you with all your travel needs as soon as you are allowed to which uh disney cruise line will not let you allow to be on their boats for at least another three months um so we'll keep you up to date with with uh, travel news and certainly we uh we book all sorts of trips doesn't have to be just disney vacations although we do specialize in disney and uh, we have booked travel for both the gentlemen that are on this podcast with me tonight so um if you Indeed. need firsthand recommendations ask them um but seriously uh happy to talk disney sports particularly new york and boston based sports and uh anything else that comes up along the way on twitter so reach out let me know you heard me on this show Awesome. And uh, I encourage all of our listeners to subscribe to Butter and Bacon Podcast and to book your vacations on adventures at, through Adventures Out There Travel because they are the best. And uh, if you for, did hear us on this show, you will get a 5% discount on all Stuff We Love podcast merchandise. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of, you know, hot, I guess you could buy your own Mickey and Minnie outfit, <laughs> put a little <laughs> Stuff We Love patch on there. You could find me on Twitter at ScottyBoy4. You could find the Stuff We Love Podcast on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod. Instagram is Stuff We Love Podcast. You could write to us, Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. Our website is Stuff We Love Podcast.podbean.com. And uh, I guess that pretty much sums up everything. I always recite that list and think that I leave anything out, but I guess that covers everything. And I was checking our uh, stats the other day. We have an increase in international listeners, which I think is wonderful. So we have quite a number of listeners in France. So hello, France. Bonjour. Bonjour. Uh, United Kingdom. So uh, our friends across the pond. And uh, those seem to be the two biggest jumps. So England and France. Greetings. Bonjour, as Paul says, as the French say. (laughs) Um, How do they say that in in England, Scott? Bonjour. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) <laughs> it's late guys i'm fading good day <laughs> good day and good night <laughs> you guys got to watch ted lasso by the way that's a great show on apple tv plus show yes. it's awesome speaking of england it's a premier league show it's just hilarious jason sudeikis is great but uh yeah. anyhow listen to all of our listeners uh thank you for subscribing and i hope you enjoyed this episode and stay well stay healthy and We hope to see you at the parks for the 50th anniversary. And we'll go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Paul. And I'm Dean. And this, my friends, has been the Stuff We Love podcast joined by the Butter and Bacon podcast. Be well.